Healing, a Rome Foundation Drossing Care podcast series. I'm your host, Johanna Ruddy. On this weekly series, Dr. Drossman and I are frequently joined by guests as we discuss disorders of gut-brain interaction, their diagnosis and treatment, and of course, patient-provider communication skills, trainings, and tips that are helpful for patients and doctors alike. Thanks for joining us. On this episode of Gut Feelings, Dr. Drossman and Johanna Ruddy joined Dr. Nisa Goldberg on her Sirius XM radio show, Beyond the Heart. Dr. Drossman and Johanna talk with Dr. Goldberg about the book, Gut Feelings, about the brain-gut axis, and take live calls from listeners about the brain-gut axis and how to better advocate for themselves with their doctors. We hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome back to Beyond the Heart. I'm your host, Dr. Nisa Goldberg. And in this segment, we're going to be discussing the connection between the brain and your gut with the co-authors of a brand new book called Gut Feelings, Disorders of the Gut-Brain Interaction and the Patient-Doctor Relationship, a guide for both patients and doctors by Dr. Douglas Drossman and Joanna Roddy, who has a master's in education. And I'm gonna to talk to you a little bit about Joanna, who is a patient and patient advocate with a background in education and a career in nonprofit, nonprofit management. She's also executive director of the Rome Foundation and secretary treasurer of the Center for Education and Practice of Biopsychosocial Care. Dr. Douglas Drossman is trained in both gastroenterology and psychiatry, and he is Professor Emeritus of Medicine and Psychiatry at the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill, and Professor Emeritus and Chief of Operations of the Rome Foundation, and President of the Center for Education and Practice of Biopsychosocial Care and Drossman Gastroenterology. Welcome to the show, Joanna. Hi, thanks for having me. It's great to have you here. And to Doug, it's great to have you here. Thank you. Glad to be here. It's great. So I'll, I'll talk to both of you. I'll, I'll direct my questions and to, to each one of you as I an, ask them. And I'm also going to open up our phone lines so our listeners can join our, our conversation about gut symptoms, gut health, and you can call in and talk to you, talk to us about what's been bothering you about your doctor-patient interactions at 877-NYU-DOCS. That's 877-698-3627, or you can email us at docs at SiriusXM.com. So, Doug, what do we mean by gut health? Well, gut health is, a, is a, a really popular term now, but really what it means is we have normal physical functioning and physiologic functioning of the GI system, all the organs in the GI tract. There's no disease. There are no symptoms. We have what's called normal gut immunity and a normal microbiome. And what is the 
gut microbiome because there is a lot of this is a very active area of research. Boy, hasn't that become popular? Uh, it it's, is. It's the latest and greatest. It's the trillions of microorganisms that live in the gut. It includes bacteria, viruses, fungi. It, it's a whole ecosystem, as they say. And it's the type and the balance of this microbiome, uh, particularly the bacteria, that can help protect or create normal gut functioning, make us immune to infection, or make infection worse. So it's it's the balance of the good and the bad bacteria, and really the the amount of the bacteria. We call that diversity. Yes. And I want to talk to you about you know. Um, it's a great title, the book, Gut Feelings. But, and you, you, you talk about the brain and GI connection, but you know, as doctors, especially doctors who really are empathetic and care for their patients, know that the last thing a patient wants to know is that it's all in their head. Um. <laughs> So, so talk to us a little bit about navigating that. Well, that, that leads to these disorders. We call them now, used to call them functional GI disorders. Uh, but that's, a, a, as, as you're alluding to, when people have that term, they often think it's psychiatric. We're talking about disorders of gut-brain interaction, how the brain and the gut are regulating GI function. But, you know, it's it's really, really interesting because when a patient goes to the doctor and, and the doctor does studies for their abdominal pain or diarrhea and they say there's nothing wrong, the usual response is going to be, well, maybe they're missing something or maybe it's in my head. Right. That's not true. What we're it's dealing with is it's our GI symptoms that are not associated with structural abnormalities. This goes back to the 17th century, to Descartes, when he talked about mind-body dualism. Sure. And, and, and what happened then is the body couldn't be dissected because the church prevented that because the spirit was there. I see. Once Descartes said that the mind was separate from the body, dissection occurred. And that led to the science of diagnosis through pathology and x-ray and other kinds of imaging. But at the time, if you couldn't find anything in the body, they thought they were possessed or insane, and they went to the insane asylum. And that kind of social memory creates now that if you don't see anything, it must be abnormal. But the last 20 years has brought this whole field of what we call neurogastroenterology, how you can get symptoms that are related to how the brain and the gut are talking to each other or not talking to each other properly, and the treatments relate to that. And what kind of symptoms would those be more commonly, Doc? Um, very common symptoms, abdominal pain, diarrhea, nausea, vomiting, constipation. Constipation's one of the biggest. Um, so it, it has to do with the motility or the movement of the, of the GI tract but the, but the brain and the gut regulate that. In fact, the gut has its own nervous system. We call that the little brain. Uh, there, are, there are, you know, 100 million or so 
nerves in the gut. We call that the enteric nervous system. And they talk to the brain and the brain and the gut determine how your gut functions. Now, when it's not working right, then you will have these symptoms. So do you think that, um, is it thought of in this practice that thing is symptoms of, um, you know, there are a lot of people who come in with symptoms and are diagnosed with irritable bowel syndrome and a, or a nervous stomach or people are, a lot of people are diagnosed with gluten intolerance without any real testing that, you know, that th this might be the cause of the symptoms? Um, I think what you're saying is that, that these disorders do have specific diagnoses, but it's not by x-ray or endoscopy. Those are negative, but they fulfill certain criteria. We call them right. their own criteria. And when they meet those criteria, and if they do have a normal evaluation and no what we call red flags, meaning blood in the stool, sure. uh, weight loss, then we can, with confidence, give it a diagnosis of irritable bowel or functional constipation and so on, because the studies have shown that if you follow these people for years, the diagnosis doesn't change. They may develop other problems, but it is accurate to use these symptom criteria. Okay, and while we were talking, um, Susan is calling in from Chicago. Hi, Susan. Welcome to Beyond the Heart. You're on the air. Thank you so much for taking my call. Um, I think my question is about every time I feel, you know, tremendous stress or nervousness, the first place that it goes is straight into my stomach and I'll, I'll lose complete appetite and um, nothing is, is tempting. And then my stomach goes into diarrhea. It's almost like it has to dump everything out. I've got to have nothing in the system if I'm feeling extreme stress. And I'm wondering from a physiological standpoint, what is that mechanism? Well. Welcome to the gut and brain interaction. The, the, the gut and the brain are what we call hardwired. There's no other organ that's as closely connected to the brain as the GI tract. And so it's very common for people when they get under stress that that sends down signals that can increase motility or reduce the sensitivity of the bowel. In other words, you may not feel, you may feel more pain or discomfort because the sense of the nerves are acting more and the brain is not doing, uh, is working in that way to lead to that symptom. It goes the other way through. Uh, if you're running a race and you sprain your ankle, the brain can, you're so focused on the race that the brain can focus down your, your GI tract or your, 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 your leg, so to speak, and prevent you from feeling the pain. So what you feel is pain or butterflies is all related to not only how, what's happening in your gut, but how the brain, how you're doing emotionally as well. Okay, and uh, Joanna, I want to bring you into the conversation. Do you have any comments for Susan's question? Yeah, I mean, I think we all can um, relate to Susan's experience of stress and then stomach hurting or suddenly having a, a bout of, of diarrhea, needing to rush to the restroom really quickly. Um, I remember that in college, you know, before a big exam or something. And as Doug said, that's what we call the brain gut axis. 
And, and it's, it's something that once you understand it, it really helps you to be able to control your, your response, your emotional response to stress better. And then in turn, control or manage those GI symptoms better. Okay, thanks for calling in, Susan. And Joanna, I wanna bring you into this conversation about how you got involved in this um, book project. Sure, yeah. So, um, you know, if you've read the book, you've read uh, my story and uh, of 10 plus years of, of chronic severe abdominal pain and uh, constant diarrhea that just got worse and worse and then turned into more of a, a fibromyalgia kind of widespread pain syndrome, sure. migraines, you know, all these other comorbid conditions started cropping up. Um, and, and every test was normal. Every every endoscopy, every blood work, you know, everything showed up as normal. And, and my doctor interactions were quite negative, um, very okay. dismissive, very, sure. you know, saying, well, it's, it's, you're a woman and you're a mom and you're working. It's all stress. It's all in your head. It's all stress, manage it better and you'll feel better. And offering no real diagnosis, no real treatment or management plan, um, just, just really stigmatizing and very, very frustrating to me who just, you know, these symptoms were interfering with my life, with my family, with my work. And, and I was really seeking a way to, to help manage them and was not offered that um, from any of the physicians that I saw, unfortunately. And so that left me very frustrated, which then drove more of my symptoms, as we know, with that brain gut connection. Um, and, and I finally just kind of gave up seeking healthcare because I felt like, you know, was not really worth oh, my time that's or, or money. Yeah. And so it was, it was quite a, a frustrating experience until I met, um, Dr. Drossman really just, um, very much by accident when I took the job as executive director of the Rome foundation. And I see. Yeah. And I, and, you know, I didn't want to, didn't want to talk to him about it because that's not professional, you know? Sure. And so one day he, he saw that I was not eating at a, at a staff meeting and he's like, why aren't you eating? You, in fact, you never eat when we get together. And I was like, oh, you know, I have a fussy tummy, you know, and he was like, Let, let's talk more about that. And so my husband was the one that convinced me, you know, you really, you're suffering and you really sure. need to find what's going on. And so, you know, in working with Dr. Drossman, the very first visit was so different than anything I had experienced. He was not, um, his attention was not focused elsewhere. It was focused entirely on me. He let me tell my story. He asked very in intuitive questions, follow-up questions that really helped him to understand what was going on and helped me to, to believe that he really cared about my suffering and my sure. quality of life. Um, and then he gave me a diagnosis, which honestly was very, very exciting because, you know, 10 plus years of not having a diagnosis was a little bit frustrating um, and then offered a management plan, which, um, you know, he asked for my input. It was very patient centric. He was, you know, he talked about being a partner with me in my care, which was really so exciting. It was something that I'd been looking for for a very long time. And so I thought, you know what? I, yeah, this is going to be great. And, and just that alone, that relationship building and that trust and that empathy was therapeutic in itself. Um, and so we started on that treatment plan together, made modifications as needed. And over the course of about a year and a half, I saw my health completely start to turn around and I started to gain more confidence and more control of my life again, um, really partnering with him in my care and 
honestly am, am symptom free now, which is just that's my great. And, and then you do eat at the staff meeting, right? Exactly. I do eat. That's now. great. <laughs> that's great. We have Stephanie calling in from Pennsylvania. Hi, Stephanie. Welcome to Beyond the Heart. You're on the air. Hello. How are how is everybody? We're fine. I'm I'm calling today because I have had Crohn's disease for 32 years with fibro systemic Crohn's. My son is about to turn 11. He has autism. Um, he also has a mood disorder. And I've always been interested in the brain and the gut con connection because his behaviors, um, he's very demand avoidant. Uh, anything perceived as a demand, he doesn't understand hierarchy, lots of aggression. Um, ADA hasn't really worked for him. Um, I also, I guess I'm concerned because he doesn't get sick very often like all the other children. So I guess my question is with my Crohn's and his belly pain and he gets constipation and with all of his behaviors, um, if, if that could be the reason for some of the behavior and if he should be getting a GI evaluation. I'll, I'll have Dr. Drossman answer that question. Well, um, in, in general, you know, there is a brain-gut connection with Crohn's disease as well, but I think the issue here is, does he have uh, an inflammatory bowel disease like you because of the family history, or does he more likely have a disorder of gut-brain interaction, which is about a thousand times more common than Crohn's disease, but with the family history, if he's having abdominal pain, he definitely should be seen and evaluated because that gives you a path to treatment. So if he does have uh, Crohn's or ulcerative colitis, that can be treated, but more likely if, he, if the studies are negative, that can be reassuring to you and right. also lead to treatments uh, for his abdominal pain. Thank you. Thanks for calling in, Stephanie. We're going to welcome Adrian from San Diego. Adrian, welcome to Beyond the Heart. You're on the air. Hi, thank you very much. Um, yeah, my question is, my husband's had diarrhea for three months. Um, he had blood in his stool, and they did a colonoscopy and removed some polyps. Um, they said they were going to culture um, something when he had the colonoscopy, they didn't do that. He's finally, he's a veteran and he doesn't, he has PTSD and he's not really good at following up. And, um, so pushed him to call the GI doctor. They called yesterday and set up an appointment for November. And I'm just really worried about him. And I'm wondering what this could do long-term to him. And I don't know what to feed him either. I don't know what foods he can eat because things just are triggering the diarrhea, he's getting weaker, and I'm just really worried and wanted your opinion. Well, first of all, he does need a doctor to follow up on this. Um, the good news is if he did have a colonoscopy and they didn't see anything, then we have to understand why is he having the rectal bleeding. Sure. It could be just kind of something as simple as hemorrhoids. Um, but if he's having diarrhea for a long time, he does need further evaluation. Uh, and that, that could be done with a gastroenterologist. Do you have access to a gastroenterologist who could uh, evaluate any further? A call yesterday from the GF clinic at the VA is 
they set up an appointment for the end of November. And it's like he's been sick for so long. It's just really upsetting that they're making him wait two more months. And um, what could this do to him? You know, just nutrition-wise, everything. Like, he, he's, he also has Medicare and he's thinking of calling that doctor and asking for a prescription. He's like, I probably have GRDS. So I probably need antibiotics. But he just doesn't know what to do. He's guessing. Yeah, that, that's a good point because the first thing you want to do is evaluate the stool, get stool culture, look for parasites. That would be a way to um, to get further evaluation. I do think if he's if he's losing, if he's continuing to have diarrhea, I, if I were you, I would try to press that appointment or try to get something sooner, just for your own peace of mind. Right. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I and, and Joanna, I want to have Joanna. Do you have any other recommendations, Joanna, regarding the doctor-patient interaction? And yeah, I think you know advice. this is a good example of of why um, advocacy, self-advocacy, is important. Um, and you know, it sounds like Stephanie, or I'm sorry, Adrian, that you're doing a great job in kind of helping to advocate for your husband. And so, you know, I, I talk about in the book some tips of how to, to communicate better with doctors when they are dismissive or when it's difficult to kind of get them to, to see you quicker or to give you a diagnosis or a treatment plan. But one thing that I would recommend is just don't give up. And, and like was recommended, try and find another doctor who can get you in sooner um, and, and make sure, you know, go with him to that appointment if you can maybe mention some things that he might not be thinking of because you know it can be it can be a little bit stressful to to visit a new physician and try to remember all the things in a short 15 minute appointment and so if you can go with him and and just kind of be his support there that would be helpful as well yeah for sure do you know what he should eat like just in the meantime should he have more fiber in his diet or something um, it's too early to know. Um, I, I don't think fiber is going to be. We have to figure out why he has That's the diarrhea. Right. Okay, so it's it's important to find out what the problem is, and then and the then diet recommendations will come from there. Um, thanks right. for calling in, Adrian. Um, you're welcome. And Doug, I just want mm -hmm. uh, uh, some final thoughts before we leave the segment. Coming up on thirty. Some final thoughts? Yeah, we only have a couple of seconds left, a few seconds, 15 okay. seconds left. Two things I want to say. First of all, these are real disorders, these disorders that, that cause IBS, constipation. It's not in your head. It's not That's psychiatric. Right. There's real science. Thanks. You can make the diagnosis. And second of all, um, you have to find a good doctor who's going to listen to you as patient says. As Johanna said, uh, a good patient-centered care. Well, thank you very much. And the book is Gut Feelings by Dr. Douglas Strassman and Joanna Ruddy. Thanks for joining us today on Beyond the Heart. Stay tuned There's the, because the doctor is always in on Dr. Radio. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Gut Feelings, a Rome Foundation Drossman Care podcast series. Find more helpful tips, 
downloadable resources, videos, and more on our website at theromefoundation.org. Look under the resource tab for our patient Q&A videos, gut feelings blog, articles, and more. Have you purchased your copy of Gut Feelings, Disorders of Gut-Brain Interaction and the Patient-Provider Relationship book yet? Be sure to find that on the Rome Foundation website and place your order or find us on Amazon as well. We look forward to seeing you next week for another episode of Gut Feelings. This has been your host, Johanna Ruddy.